Welcome back to our final, thankfully, postseason edition of Head of the Pack. Jesus, postseason, postgame edition of Head of the Pack in preseason. Bill and I were just talking before we before we came on. Uh, it feels later than it is. It's only 12.05. We normally record in the Lambeau press box much later, but my apologies for the slip up right off the bat. That's what preseason football does to you. It kind of puts you to sleep. But we're not going to talk much about the game because it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. We're going to go through position by position our 53-man roster projections, our, our final ones. I'll have one coming out uh, early next week, probably, probably Monday. So if you listen to the podcast, there is no need to read my story. If you listen to the podcast, you're probably already a subscriber. So uh, it's fine if you don't read the story. So we'll incorporate some talk from tonight's game into our projections. I'm not sure really how much change based on tonight's game. Maybe a little bit. Um, my story tonight was four guys who, who really stated a case tonight and, and to make the Packers sweat if they get cut. Because obviously, as we know, these roster bubble guys probably aren't kept or cut because of how good they are. It's whether, well, yes, they are, but more of a factor is do the Packers think they'll get claimed on waivers just so they can pay them less, bring them back to the practice squad. And that's the business of the NFL. So a couple of those intriguing decisions caught up. Bill, uh, why don't you get us started with your quarterbacks? Boy, people are going to be, can't wait to hear what I think of quarterback. I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love, Matt. Danny, I mean, seriously, Danny Etling's a slam dunk for the practice squad. They need to have three in case someone gets hurt so you can run practice. I mean, Etling's a pretty decent player. I don't, I don't know that he's any great developmental guy, but you're not going to make a change there. So I'm going to go with Rodgers and Love, Matt. Yeah. Tough one. What I wrote in my story tonight, I included Etling in those four guys who might make the Packers sweat if they cut them. Not because the Packers ever want Danny Etling to play quarterback for them this year, but because Matt LaFleur came out and said, I don't know how serious this was last week, that Etling was making it a very tough decision for them to keep two or three quarterbacks on the 53. I don't buy it, but I threw him in my story just to you know get the word count up a little bit. He went seventeen for twenty. He he went seventeen for twenty-two for two hundred and twenty yards, passing touchdown and a rushing touchdown this preseason. That's pretty good. Packers, it is. The Packers would never say he looked better than Jordan Love, and I'm not saying he did because he was playing against you know the bottom of the barrel guys, and Jordan Love maybe wasn't at all times. But the Packers want someone like you said, if. God forbid Aaron Rodgers or Jordan Love gets hurt or sick or whatever. They need someone who knows the offense to step in, whether it's practice or a game. And Danny Etling, like you said, has solidified his spot on the practice squad. I don't think they're going to take him on the active roster, so I would go Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love as well. And the only time Matt LaFleur has kept three quarterbacks on the roster in the past couple of years is when Jordan Love wasn't ready to be the backup in 2020, and they had to keep him because he would have gotten claimed. But Tim Boyle was really the backup. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't think anyone's going to claim Matt Lang, Matt. You know, he's no. he was drafted in 2018. I don't know that he did anything to change anybody's narrative around the league. It's like, oh my god, look at the improvement Danny Etling's made. You know, I, I don't, I don't think so. But 
you know, who knows? Maybe, I I don't know the rest of the league's teams. Maybe someone's really hurting at quarterback because of an injury or something. But I don't. I wouldn't think he's gonna get claimed. Right, and, and that goes for a couple of these guys. And spoiler: the four guys in my story who I said might make the Packers sweat: Tyler Goodson, Jack Heflin, uh, Samori Ture, and Danny Etling. Do I think any of those four would get claimed? No, but you never know. We talked. I would about say it. Heflin. We'll get to this in a minute, Matt. But I would say Heflin could get claimed. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this the other day with Samori. Like seventh round receivers who have a couple good preseason games, you can find them anywhere. Tyler Goodson, you can find a running back with a couple explosive runs anywhere. Defensive lineman who can make plays like Jack Heflin tonight, maybe not as as uh, as frequent around the league as you might think, but that's why I included the word might because maybe the Packers aren't sweating any of the any of these guys. Uh, cutting them anyway, but we'll see. Let's move on to running back. I'm going to go three, Jones, Dillon, and Patrick Taylor. Um, As we've both written about and talked about, that third running back spot, as Brian Gutekun said, the guy who's making these decisions, what he values probably more is pass protection and special teams. Yes, Tyler Goodson is probably a better Runner slash pass catcher. Definitely a better pass catcher. Him and Patrick Taylor probably even in the running aspect. Tyler Goodson had a great 24-yard touchdown run tonight. But the special teams and pass protection aspect of it is more important. Um, And tonight, Tyler Goodson dropped a kickoff three yards deep into his own end zone and made Jordan Love and company start at their own five-yard line. I think the coaching staff and the executives remember that more than the touchdown run. Yeah, there was also on that drive, Love had a shot on Winfrey deep, and he just threw it too far, and Leo Chanel bulldozed Goodson on that one. Now, Chanel's a 250-pound linebacker, but I don't, that almost makes my case here. Goodson's 197 pounds, Patrick Taylor's 217. You need those big, tough guys in there, so I think that gives Taylor the edge there. Um, let's not forget Patrick Taylor against Detroit last year, week 18. He played pretty well. So I would I would also go Taylor. I only went two on mine, though. I'm I'm keeping two. Um and I'm basing this on the very unmedical opinion here. That didn't Kylan Hill look good doing his rehab stuff? Like he is moving. I I I think when he's off of I think when he's gonna be eligible to come off POP in four weeks, you get you got him back. So you just have to elevate practice squad guys for four games. Or maybe five if you give Colin Hill a week of practice. You can elevate Goodson for three games and Taylor for three games or get by with Amari Rodgers as your third back. I think you could probably get by with two um, just because of the, the practice squad rules. Correct me if I'm wrong, and I should probably know this, and I'm probably embarrassing myself by asking this, but don't you only have two game day elevations before you have to be signed to the roster? Three now. From- Three, three now. Okay. Rule change. Three. So it's three. Excellent. So that's six. And if you, if you gave Colin Hill two weeks of practice, which I would think they'd want to, they get you through. Yeah. And they keep giving the, and they keep giving the ball to Amari Rogers. So maybe well, week one, when your running backs are healthy, you don't have to elevate anybody. Let's discuss that because I included in my story and I tweeted kind of satirically during the game. You know, maybe Amari Rogers is just that third running back. Mm-hmm. You know. 
Two years ago, A.J. Dillon played a little less than 10% of the offensive snaps as the third running back. Last year, Patrick Taylor and Kylan Hill uh, combined to play a little less than 10% of the offensive snaps as the third running back. Obviously, they kind of split the season since Kylan Hill tore his ACL in Week 8. But if your third running back is only going to play a couple snaps on offense and you need them to be more of a factor on special teams, out of Amari Rodgers, who has proven capable of doing that horizontal action, the jet sweep stuff out of the backfield. Um, who's more valuable on special teams, Mari Rogers, Tyler Goodson, or Patrick Taylor? The answer is Amari Rogers, because he's your returner right now. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe they go what you said and take two pure running backs, wait till Hill gets healthy, use Amari Rogers in that spot duty in kind of the gadget stuff out of the backfield, and keep seven or eight wide receivers. And that's a transition into the wide receiver aspect of this. Um, I still think they keep seven. Uh, I'm going to go Lazard, Watkins, Cobb, Watson, Dobbs, Amari Rogers, and Winfrey with Samori Ture barely missing out. He's had a pretty good preseason game performance. Um, minus, obviously, the second game and the drop. He was pretty pretty good in the first preseason game and the third preseason game. Second joint practice against the Saints after Aaron Rodgers called out the young receivers. Had some nice moments sprinkled throughout camp. I don't see them keeping eight receivers. Um, and Winfrey, obviously, there are some issues on special teams where he would probably be used primarily since the seventh wide receiver isn't going to get on the field much. But I do wonder whether they take more receivers than normal because of the injury history and age of Randall Cobb and Sammy Watkins and the uncertainty surrounding how soon Christian Watson is going to be able to sustain significant regular season game reps since he hasn't played in a preseason game and barely taken any team reps in practice. So I'll go seven, those seven, but I'm not that confident in it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not either. Um, I, I was when I did my prediction the other day. I'm, I'm less so now. Winfrey was that was blocking, and I use the word blocking loosely because he was on kickoff return. I don't think he actually blocked anybody. I, I rewatched him. It's like what is he's, he's not doing anything, and he missed a tackle on the long kickoff return. So those are bad plays. I will say he's a hell of a good blocker, though. And like, it, how, how many steps did EQ play last year? You know, whatever it was, he blocked on like almost all of them. And I can say Winfrey in that role where. You want to give your guys a breather. You're going to go run the ball. You stick Winfrey out there, and he's a good blocker. So I'm, I'm going Winfrey as well. I just thought he was pretty bad on special teams today, but Toure has no special teams history whatsoever. But, man, he catches the ball. Do you think the fact that Aaron Rodgers has singled out Juwan Winfrey in a good way multiple times this summer gives him a better chance to make the team? Yes. I think that's a great point. The guy's not picking the roster, but his and Goody said it that his opinion matters, and he's and Goody's more more willing to listen to him and and incorporate his thoughts into things. So yeah, I do think that matters for sure. I agree. Tight end, should. I, yeah, no, I, I think it should. Tight end seems pretty cut and dry, especially after Alize Mack and uh, Nate Becker sustained injuries tonight. Don't know how serious those are. Obviously, uh, Tunyon, Lewis, Deguara. Davis. Yeah. People want to get rid of Tyler Davis. They're not getting rid of him. No, they're not. 
Lafleur made that perfectly clear on Monday or whatever the heck day I asked him. Yep. O line. I say nine. Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Myers, Runyon, Newman, Nyman, Hansen, Ryan, Tom. Yeah. And I think that's it. I think you held a nine there. I think that's nine. Yep. You agree? Yeah, I went 10. I kept Caleb Jones just because I don't know what Bakhtiari's status is. Is he going to be a uh, inactive for the first three weeks or two weeks? So you're, you so you really only, only have nine healthy guys with Caleb Jones? I don't know. That's, that's, that's where we don't know, Matt. We just don't know where Bakhtiari's at. Personally, I think he's going to play week one. But I don't know. Um, I will say, and we've talked about Rashid Walker practice quite a bit, and Luke Buckus yells at him a lot. All the time. Um, I thought he played pretty well tonight. He had a really not, nice... not that I Not that I focused on him a lot, but every time I did watch him, other than the, the sack, every time I did watch him, he was moving guys around. Yeah, he had the one really nice seal, I believe, on one of Goodson's... Uh... One of Goodson's runs, it might have been, or Patrick Taylor. But I think it was they, Taylor's they, for 11, I yeah, think. Yeah, 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 it was, because Tyler Goodson had that one 24-yard run, then he had like six runs for four yards. Yes. So it wasn't Tyler Goodson, it was Patrick Taylor. Um, had a nice block, but yeah, I, I don't think he makes the team, but maybe he no. did enough to maybe get himself a practice squad spot tonight. And and that's what you know a strong finish to the preseason does for maybe a guy like that who hasn't had the best summer. Defensive line, you know, I've been saying five all summer, but I think Jack Heflin makes the team. I really do. He's had a really good preseason, um, had a great night tonight. Obviously, it helps when the offensive line doesn't block you, <laughs> but you got to finish that play. And he talked about after the game, you know, you're one-on-one. -on -one. You just, you got to make the tag. He's going against a, a very shifty running back. He could easily make Heflin miss, but... He stuffed him on fourth and one for a two-yard loss. He forced the fumble in the flat uh, for an 11-yard loss. He had a really good, you know, game against the 49ers in the first preseason game. Second preseason game, uh, Matt LaFleur thought it was better than, than Jack Heflin thought he played against the Saints. But I'd go Clark, Lowry, Reed, Slayton, Wyatt, Heflin. And I'm not sure Devontae Wyatt is ahead of Jack Heflin on the depth chart, though he's far more of a lock to make the team. I honestly might think the team trusts Jack Heflin more in a game situation than Devontae Wyatt right now. Yeah, I agree 100% with that. It's a great point. Um, I, I kept five on every projection, too, and when I do my last one, I'm going to put Heflin on it. He's, he's earned his way on. If, it's, if the idea is to keep your best 53, he's one of them. And you're right, if it's third and one, Matt, and let's say Jaron Reed's chin steps broken and, you know, Dean Lowry had to go take a crap. That, who do you that, want in the field? I mean, seriously, who do you want in the field, Wyatt or Heflin? Probably Jack Heflin. Yeah, in December I might say Wyatt, but right now I'm taking Heflin. He's been, yeah. he's been fantastic, and I, I really think they would lose him because, as, as Ted Thompson would say, the good Lord didn't make too many guys like Jack as far as 300-pound guys who can move around a little bit. So I think there's probably teams with shortages in the D-line, and they can – all I got to do is look at the stats and say, boy, this guy had a good summer. So, yes, I think they would lose him.
Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Outside linebacker. I have five. I have no idea. I have five. Gary Smith, Anagberry, Garvin, and Kobe Jones is my fifth. But that fifth spot is really tight between Jones, Tipa, and Ladarius Hamilton. Yeah, that's at those joint practices, Matt, all those guys kicked the Saints' asses, right? Yep. And we're talking against Ramchek and Penning, against their good guys, not their scrubs. They were beating the hell out of their good guys. They've done nothing in the preseason. And Angerberry had the one, one good game, but... They did nothing tonight. I mean, maybe maybe if I go when I go rewatch it, maybe I'll have a different opinion. But I don't. It's like the, the quarterbacks dropped back in the pocket. And he had all day, all night. Uh, so I thought I thought their play was disappointing. I'm putting Tipa on. Oh, he's a, he's a number one on all the special teams. So he makes it. So I ended up keeping six. And and um, Kobe Jones was my odd man out. But they're I think they're all pretty good good players. But nobody has gone out and won a job. Other than Garvin's been kind of handed that number three job, but no one else has kind of taken advantage of mm-hmm. of all the opportunities they've been given, which has got to be a bit disheartening for Goody. I agree. I want to go back to one thing because I can't get my mind off Caleb Jones because I'm thinking about the story I wrote tonight and wondering if I should have put him in there as a guy who would make the Packers sweat if they cut him. You know. You said you have him on your 53 because of the uncertainty surrounding Bakhtiari, but don't they have enough guys who they play at left tackle before Caleb Jones that they don't even need him as a depth piece? Like, let's say Elton Jenkins is ready for week one, which I think he will be. He's at left tackle ahead of Caleb Jones. Josh Nyman's at left tackle ahead of Caleb Jones. Uh, Zach Tom's probably at left tackle ahead of Caleb Jones. So don't you think they might want to take a sixth D lineman or a fifth safety or a third running back over a 10th offensive lineman who might be your fourth string left tackle. Yeah, you're right. And when I do my next one, I'm going to, that's the update because I only had five D linemen on, on Got it. when I do this Wednesday on Wednesday, I had five D linemen and 10 O linemen and I got to make room for Heflin someplace and it's going to be there. So you're right. Okay. Fair enough. Um, Inside linebacker, pretty cut and dry. Campbell, Walker, yep. McDuffie, Barnes. Deepest position on the roster. Yeah, I, I, always, I always thought Chris Barnes was a pretty good player. I thought he's a pretty – I mean, you're, he's, he's a guy you always want to replace, but he's not a bad starter. And McDuffie's been – guys, anybody taking a bigger year two jump than McDuffie? TJ yeah, Slayton? Yeah, I'd probably, yeah, I might go with Slayton. He's been really good. But McDuffie has been fantastic. Yeah. So yeah, you feel you feel really good about those two guys as your backups. Corner. I can't keep Rico Gafford on the roster anymore. I understand he won't be playing a lot of defense, but I just can't. Um, and and he hasn't shown me anything on, on kick return either. I understand like 
tonight. I think it was Winfrey, was it? Or Goodson, who just whiffed on the block and got Gafford killed. But um, I go Alexander, Douglas, Stokes, Nixon, John Charles. Um, I'd go five there, to be honest with you. Yeah, I used, I've been putting Keandre Thomas on as my six, even though he's been behind Gafford all summer. No, thank you. But um, he pitched a shutout against the Saints. And I realized that was Ian Book quarterbacking. I mean, they, they're 0 for 4 thrown against him. And he plays good run defense. And isn't run defense kind of like covering kicks? Yeah, I guess you could say that. <laughs> he is. And, and he's he's almost he's almost six feet. He runs into four fours. All those other guys, and Goody's pointing this out, all those other guys are super short. So I've been putting on, he, I don't think he played very well tonight, though. So that might no. be pending a review there. And he had that bad defensive pass interference penalty. Um, that'll be a change because I have had Gafford on my first two. Safety. Savage. Amos. Oof, Dallin Levitt, Sean Davis, and Tariq Carpenter. I'm probably not adding up to 53. Actually, since I added a defensive lineman, I'm taking away a corner. So yeah, I had five five safeties. So uh, Davis, Savage, Amos, Levitt, because... Uh, I think he'll stay on the 53, then go to IR, and then Tariq Carpenter. And then when Levitt goes to IR, I think Abernathy will come back to the 53. Yeah, that's what I did to it. Those were exactly my picks. I had, Yeah, I think Abernathy's a heck of a good player. I thought he was really good last week. And, well, he really got screwed. That, that might have been a 97-yard pick six yep. tonight without the holding call. Holding the hell out of him. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I think he's a pretty good player for a guy who doesn't know what the hell he's doing because he just got here a couple weeks ago. He's a pretty good player. And yeah. I, um, and Carpenter, obviously missed time with the knee injury. He's a really good tackler, isn't he? That one form tackle, I understand it was uh, on a pass to the flat that had already been a first down, but that wasn't his guy in the first place. And that form tackle he had, the sideline went crazy tonight. Because that mm -hmm. was just a nice tackle. And he had a really nice tackle on special teams. Like, that's the kind of stuff that gets you that fifth safety spot. Not the yeah, tackle he, on defense, the tackle on special teams. Yeah, he tackled well against the Niners, too, before he got hurt. So, you can see you can see why they like him. Yeah. I, 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 maybe he was to blame on that touchdown. I have no idea. Um, when it, it was Skimmer like, Gafford screw up, screw exactly, up something. Yeah. But, again, you're talking, you're, you're the last guy in the depth chart. He's going to be covering kicks and... That kind of open field tackling ability, that's what, that's what you're looking for. Yeah, so I, I think Carpenter gets my fifth safety spot for now. And then Crosby, O'Donnell, Coco. Yeah. Um, Coco for now. He's been, he's been fine. He's not done anything wrong. There's one day at practice where he was kind of all over the map, but he hasn't had like a bad snap, like making Pat O'Donnell go scrambling. And his field goal slash extra point snaps have been good all summer. And I looked it up the other day. There's two teams with two long snappers. So it's not mm -hmm. like there's going to be a bunch of guys coming free. Although one is Cincinnati with Clark Harris, the Packers draft pick in 2007. They have Clark Harris and Kale Adominus, the 
number one ranked long snapper before the draft. So that one might be interesting, but I think Coco's earned his way on. We shall see. If Clark Harris gets cut, Packers might just want to bring him back since he's he's a veteran. I shouldn't say they know him, but you could probably trust him more over the long run. But we'll see. Um, so that's our 53. We got a bunch of questions for tonight. Let's get to some of them. Um, from Tanner Mott, are the Packers going to regret not getting these rookie receivers game reps with Aaron? We'll see. I don't think so. It's not like they could have gotten him game reps with Christian Watson because he wasn't healthy enough to play. Romeo Dobbs, I don't think so. I think he and Rodgers have had enough game reps in practice. Um, and I don't think, you know, four throws in three preseason games would change much. It's easy to look at what happened last year, the 38-3 loss to the Saints, and say, oh, Packers should have played their starters. And it's always going to be, you're always going to make the wrong decision. There's no right decision. But uh, I don't think so. If they lose 34-14 to the Vikings, Sure, someone's going to say they should have played their starters in the preseason, but I don't think it's that big of a deal. No, I don't either. Um, I always come back to this in 2015, the second preseason game against Pittsburgh. Jordy Nelson tears his ACL. The season's over. There's a team that went to the championship game in 2014, and the season ended in August, right? You want to lose Rashawn Gary? I know, I know that wasn't the question. It was about receivers, but... I mean, beyond that, you've got Aaron Rodgers playing behind Yash Nyman and Royce Newman at right tackle. Yeah, you might as well do, wait. Do you really till, want that? No, you don't. No, you, you might don't. might as well wait till uh, Jen- at least Jenkins is healthy. <laughs> right. So, yeah, you can adapt with play calling, right, to keep Rodgers safe. Mm-hmm. But now you're not really playing football through receivers, which is the goal of, of this question, right? So, no, yeah. I am. I think that's the right thing to do. Will they regret it? No, because... This is a team that cares about football games in December, not September. Correct. Uh, from Quinoa Phoenix. Is Zach Tom in the five? I don't think so. I think he's number six. Um, especially if Elton Jenkins is healthy. Right. Zach Tom could very well be in the five by week four or five. But I don't think they... If he does start week one, which I don't think he will... I think it would be at right tackle because if Jenkins is healthy and Bakhtiari is not, I would imagine that they start Elton Jenkins. Well, no, if Jenkins is healthy, I think they start Nyman at left and Jenkins at right Mm -hmm. with Runyon, Myers, Newman on the inside. So I don't think there's really any scenario unless Jenkins isn't ready for week one and they go Nyman, Runyon, Myers, Newman, Tom, and don't trust either Hanson or Newman and put one of those guys at right guard or Tom at right guard and then Newman at right tackle or Tom at right tackle if Hanson's at right guard. Um, That's the only way I could see him starting. But aside from the spot snaps he got at left guard for Runyon, and, and a couple other times he ran at left tackle, right guard, and right tackle. I don't think they s- see him as a week one starter. And quite frankly, listen, I don't trust Royce Newman and Jake Hansen, but throwing a rookie out there for his first career game against Sedarius Smith and Daniil Hunter is risky. Yeah, well, I'm torn on this one, Matt, because he's been really good when he's played. But like you said, the, he replaced Runyon for that two-minute drill, but what, two weeks ago? And we haven't mm-hmm. seen it since. 
So apparently the coaches have moved on. I mean, I, I realize they have two weeks of practice before the Vikings game, but um, it seems like the coaches have moved on. So I, I'm, I will say no. It's going to be exactly the line that you said. And, and maybe week three, week four, they'll give Tom a shot. But it's going to be the group that you said, Nyman, Runyon, Myers, Newman, Jenkins, starting five. Okay, quick quick interruption in the program. We were talking about this in our group earlier. The Packers have sent out quote sheets from tonight's game in Kansas City, <laughs> and there is one quote I need in here, and you'll see it when I tweet it. It's from the Chiefs game. Hold on. Mahomes, Reed. Answer another question while I'm looking for this. All right. Um... You, while we were talking about Aberdeen, I think that was definitely it was definitely off yes, for John. Yes, it was it's definitely off. It's a pass interference, John, on on, on that play by where Abernathy was mugged. Here we go. Where are we heading at tight end? More injuries in Tunyon. Christian, Tunyon's gonna be practicing next week, I would think. And when you have Tunyon, Lewis, and DeGuara as your three, you're feeling really good about life because you've got the guy who can catch passes, you got the guy who can block, and the guy who plays fullback. That's a really good three really good trio of tight ends. I'm so focused on tweeting this quote out right now. I didn't even hear the question, but I'm sure that's fine. I'll I'll just talk to myself, Matt. Matt genre wants to know my adult beverage of choice, watching a football game that you're not covering. Well, it's beer, obviously. Right. I don't drink while I'm covering games because I No, it's a game that you're not covering. Oh, a game that I'm not covering. Yeah. A high noon. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a softie. Yeah, I'm, I'm wine for most things. Like if, if I'm beating my wife in cards, it's a glass of wine. But it's football. It's manly man drink. Matt Pickett, if you had to guess right now, right now, damn it, do you think they carry Goodson or Taylor on the 53? And this is the part that I want to get to. And which one is more likely to be available for the practice squad? You know, I wrote this in my story tonight. I think Goodson is more likely to get claimed because he's like the flashy rookie over Patrick Taylor, who's in his third year, had some injury history. But I think they keep Taylor over Goodson. But does the fact that maybe Goodson's more likely to get claimed make them keep him and try and get Taylor through on the practice squad? I don't know. I still think they keep Taylor and and get Goodson through on the practice squad. Yeah, what is... As good as good as Goodson has been, what has he done that teams didn't see from him at Iowa? I mean, he's still a guy exactly. who runs in the in the four fours. He's a guy who caught seventy passes at, at Iowa. There's there's nothing that he's done in three preseason games that teams didn't see him doing against Big Ten competition. Um, moreover, what I want to say here on getting guys through, we had a discussion with Wes Hotkowitz the other day via our text group. The Packers haven't had a guy claimed among their final cuts since Taysom Hill and Brian Price in 2017. My point here is everybody always overvalues the players on this roster. That's fair. So no one's getting claimed because nobody ever gets claimed. So I think yeah. teams teams like their guys, teams have drafted their guys or you know they've coached them for six months. I think they want to stick with their people unless they're just totally blown away by some guy who gets cut, which I don't think anyone's going to be blown away by Tyler Goodson. All right. For, 
how has the reporting experience been since being allowed back into the locker room? Fantastic. Eight million percent better. Fan freaking tastic. You know the Devontae nice Wyatt story, Matt. We both. Yes. Right? But you know, I mean, that's it, right, Matt? That that's a prime example. Like Bill and I both wrote it, and Rob Domofsky was there talking to Wyatt with us too. Um, about you know, Aaron Rodgers told us at his locker, which you know he would have told us in a press conference about um, him having lunch with Wyatt, just one on one, and how he sometimes sits alone at lunch and sees who comes up to him. And Devontae Wyatt has multiple times, but then we wouldn't be able to go into the locker room the next day and ask Wyatt about that if Rogers was just at the podium because the PR staff may not bring Wyatt to the podium because, you know, he's a rookie who hasn't had a great camp and other people will get chances to ask him questions. But with open locker room, three guys without cameras in his face just went up to him and the first question he asked us was, am I going to be on camera? No. He sat down at his locker, relaxed. It was a really nice chat with him. He was very open about his struggles in camp, struggling to kind of get acclimated, uh, how he was, you know, intimidated approaching Rogers at lunch and what that did for him, kind of the conversation they had. So stories like that, kind of these mini features on off days and slow days that that you get insight and interviews that you wouldn't get if the PR staff is choosing guys that come to the podium. So that's just, I, I'm glad you brought that up, Bill, because that's one example of how uh, open locker room has definitely benefited us and, and hopefully the readers as well. Yeah, it's it's nice getting to know people too. Yes, it is. All right, John P. Should there be concern about special teams based upon their play the first two games or the past two games? Is their play reflective of those players that won't make the team? Uh, I think the latter. You know, it's, yeah. it's just a mishmash of guys. We talked about this last episode, like, these aren't the guys who are going to be really together, at least hopefully not, because from the Packers' perspective, because it has not been good. Um, once they get into the regular season, they'll have their their set rotation of guys. Like guys are banged up, guys are you know working on different units, guys aren't playing. Like you said, Tipa's been on the number one special teams all summer, and he wasn't playing tonight. You know they're not Quay Walker's on the number one special teams. Rasul Douglas, Eric Stokes, Jamar John Charles. And those guys aren't the ones playing special teams late into a preseason game. So I would imagine, at least hope from the Packers' perspective, that it is because they have uh, these guys playing and not because of, you know, an organizational failure like there was all of last season. I should have asked this one a minute ago um, because it have been a better place for it. This is from Cecilia J. Bugface, fan of the program. In light of your lunch story... Which member of the Packers organization, player, coach, executive, employee, etc., would you be most interested in to have lunch with? That's a good question. Hmm. Who's your answer? Do you have one? Russ Ball. I remember talking to Russ at the Senior Bowl once. It was a million years ago. And I'm chatting it up with Russ. Russ. I'm not trying to get anywhere. I'm just talking to him. And he just like... I'm like mid-question to him. He says, sorry, Bill, I got to go. And he just walked off. But he's like the most important guy in the organization that nobody knows anything about because he doesn't talk. So I, that's who I'd want to talk to. That's a good choice. I'll go... <laughs> sorry, I'm laughing at responses to my tweet. I'll go uh, a player 
I'll go Jair Alexander. I just think he's a fascinating dude. Like, mm-hmm. beyond the sunglasses, beyond, like, the one-liners that he gives, I've talked to him one-on-one a bunch, and he's just, like, a really insightful, deep, thoughtful dude, on top of being maybe the best player at his position in the world. So I would go him. Yeah, he is. He is as cool, as confident as can be. I agree. So Russ Ball, Jair Alexander, me and you at a lunch table. Let's make it happen. Yeah, I'm sure we'll make it happen too. Jason Wallers, if you're listening. Yeah, I'm sure he'll get right on that. All right. (laughs) Our next episode, regular season preview. 17 days well when you're listening to this 16 until the Packers play the Vikings in Minnesota. How will we fill the time between then or between now and then? Wouldn't you like to know? Stay tuned on Sports Illustrated and The Athletic to find out. For Bill Huber, I'm Matt Schneidman. We'll catch you next time. Thanks, as always, for listening, submitting your questions. We love you guys. Bye.